You're listening to Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast, discovering our inner depths, one fathom at a time. Hey everyone, welcome back to Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast. I am back. Your pilot is back, y'all. Oh, um, praise we can, the Lord. We can fly ah. straight now. <laughs> no, y'all did great. Y'all did great. Um, <laughs> uh, you may notice that this is not coming out on Tuesday. This is coming out on Thursday. Uh, all of us have kind of been running ragged. I've been battling mm. COVID, actually. And uh, I know Abram isn't feeling well. There's just there's just a lot going on. So we mm. figured better late than never. Um, <laughs> and hopefully this doesn't cause any conflict. conflict. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of which, we are talking about yeah. uh, conflict styles oh. as it relates to the Enneagram, otherwise known as the harmonic group. So... Drew, give us a quick quick summation of what is the harmonic grouping and what does conflict styles mean? Oh boy. All right. So as I understand it, feel free to fill in gents. These groupings form an, yet another triangle or set of triangles on the Enneagram. And these uh, have to do with how we in, engage and, if we're honest, avoid or try to bypass conflict. So this puts us together, each, each type is then put together with two other types in ways that are really interesting, I think, mm. and insightful to give us yet another angle on how this Enneagram framework helps us understand uh, how we tend to live and move in the world. Because obviously our lives are full of conflict, right? If we are living a conflict-free life, we're pretty delusional, I would, I would argue. And, and so the way- I know we, that. <laughs> and uh, so the way in which we go about engaging and avoiding conflict in our in kind of the trance of our type or the default setting of our type uh, often gets us into these maybe unhealthy patterns of conflict with others. Like what you just said, Drew, conflict isn't bad necessarily. I mean, it, it can get to a rough place. Um, but this is this is how we sort of increase our transparency and like where how we know where we are with each other. Uh, you know, so there's benefits to learning how to engage conflict before it gets too crazy. Uh, we we do have all three of these harmonic approaches within us in varying degrees. It's just that we tend to have a dominant like like all like the way that the whole enneagram works in every one of these things the other thing you'll notice is in each of these groupings they're all in different centers of intelligence so you have head heart and gut in each of these groupings and we can draw on each of those centers as 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 other alternative strategies to to engage conflict um, and it's really about it's these these conflict styles are about getting trying to get at what we want and this is what happens um, this is how we try to get what we want in conflict, in situations where we're trying to defend against loss or disappointment. Yeah, right. There's the nine, seven, and two, which is which is uh, framed in the the positive outlook group. There is the uh, ones, threes, and fives uh, in the Risa Hudson School. This, I believe, these are called the rational competency, and the four, sixes, and eights are the emotional realness. And there's different there's different titles or different names for these groupings depending on how you're describing them as a benefit or if they're just straight up conflict resolution. I, I actually really enjoy uh, David Daniels' naming of these. He calls them emotional regulation triads. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and he from so from from that perspective, he names them the sustaining and, ex, and expressing grouping, which is the four sixes and eights, or the emotional realness, the reactivity, the reactive, uh, the containing and rational which is the ones threes and fives, uh, and the reframing and shifting, 
which is the two sevens Oof. and nines. Uh, which is, I like this word. Yeah, wow. so it's three yeah. forms, three different forms of emotional regulation and how each grouping really tends to overuse their strategy, like you said, Creek, in order to obtain the three basic needs of the center, you know, security or love or dignity or self-worth, you know. And it's pretty great that all three of us are in each of the groupings. Right. So yeah. This is the only grouping that that works in for us. So, so we're going to have a three-way fight. Yes, of who <laughs> knows how to deal with conflict best. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I do want to note too that um, one thing that you'll see in these is that they're all, when you're actually in, especially when you've gone to the length of finally finding yourself in conflict, uh, they're all pendulum swings. And so they tend to negate something the other one uh, is really value, has has is showing us um, how we are more appropriately needing to engage conflict. So I guess I'll start first. Um, uh, since my grouping is four, six, and eight, the emotional realness, intensity, other other name is catalyzer, and it's really it's we solve our problems by finding um, and naming the emotions that are happening. At least from a four perspective, it is I need to express my emotions. And I need you to understand my emotions in order for me to feel like some level of conflict has been resolved. And if that doesn't happen, then it just triggers even deeper reactions, mm. um, which is completely on me. Any type needs to be mirrored emotionally. Yeah. But I think especially in conflict, um, these three types, the, the four, six, and eights, need to be mirrored because that is how they get what they need in the world. So the fours need to know that they're understood the sixes need to know, is is this right? Since they have a difficult time trusting their inner compass, a lot of times they need someone to be like, yeah, that's that's a legit feeling. That is, That seems right. Um, just some, something to bounce off of since mm-hmm. they are. And that's the other interesting thing with like social styles, right? Is uh, the emotional reactivity is based off of our social styles to get what we want. So I'm going to, on some level, I'm withdrawing um, my emotions, and I'm withdrawing to to see if they're going to come chasing after me. And then sixes are more in that dependent stance where they're they're looking for some level of recognition of is this is this reality? Is this what's happening? And then eights, it's it's more of like if you don't feel the way I do, then I'm not sure you can be trusted. Basically, yeah, they're seeking to, to find that power, to find that who has the power in this situation. And, it, and if you disagree with me, then a lot of times it's like, well, I don't respect you if, if you don't have the same position that I do. Mm. Oftentimes these types uh, can be labeled as overreacting, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, I think another thing for these types, for them to look out for is that a, a lot of times this emotional intensity or, this, or the realness can come out a little crooked. Uh, it may not look like what you may be imagining. Um, it can come out as as humor, sass, sarcasm, um, or even impartiality, or just like a dead, a dead sort of exterior. Where I know that may be the case for me sometimes is like there's a ton going on inside, but really on the exterior, I'm I'm keeping stone cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is an intensity in the stone coldness. Yeah. on the, on mm-hmm. the exterior. So that's a, a brief explanation of that triad of yeah. emotional realness. No, that's helpful, Creek. You know, it, in my experience, those who are not in this emotional realness group often view those who are as, you know, as overreacting, like you said. <laughs> but right. then the dissonance is often easy to spot then because those that are in the emotional realness group will often say, no, 
like my emotions are more than warranted. Like I am actually, you know, tending to this conflict as it should be. Right. Uh, yeah. Which is where we get into, you know, a lot of trouble with one another because yeah. there's differing expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The emotional realness types, uh, they tend to surface problems. <laughs> where, whereas other the other groupings might not see there are, or at least will engage them differently. The only other thing is that the, the pendulum swing for the emotional realness types is they might be not including what the one threes and fives and the and the two sevens and nines do, which is some sort of positivity. It tends to mm. be more negativity, and it and it tends to not include. Uh, the analytical side of things in order to to work through it. This is like, we're going to hang here as long as we need to emotionally. Yeah. And I think something for this triad to consider as they're starting to engage in conflict or something like that is take a step back, take a moment, take a breath, and and know that really the weight of the issue doesn't need to equal the weight of the response. And that's something hmm. I'm learning as yeah. well. And And just because this feels like a big issue that doesn't mean that you need to react with the same level of intensity that you believe is merited. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean to stuff your feelings or stuff things that are going on, but it is um, take it, hold, hold the big thing um, without reacting, reacting with fireworks, making a mountain out of a molehill kind of yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, so I am in the competency group. Uh, so as a dominant type three, I'm joined in that group with ones and fives. So ones, threes, and fives. <laughs> the way that we go about conflict is, I've learned, is super annoying to people who aren't in the competency <laughs> group <laughs> because we tend to set feelings aside in order to kind of be objective, efficient, and competent, which can often come off to the other person involved in the conflict is pretty high-minded or aloof. I don't know that we're necessarily trying to do that, but I think often what we're trying to do is reduce this conflict to a problem that can be solved. Mm. So if we can make it some sort of simple math equation, then we just need to figure out our way through the problem. And in many ways, that can be effective, right? I mean, there's a proper place for just being rational and objective and trying to look at the facts of a situation. Uh, but what we what we really struggle with, those of us that are in this group, we struggle to honor the emotional field that's at play. Mm-hmm. And we can, um, in, in struggling to honor the emotions and, and struggling to be honest with our own emotions, we can uh, unintentionally dishonor those that are bringing real big emotions to the conflict. And, and so when we try to reduce it to this formula, what often happens is that we try to shortcut or bypass reconciliation Mm. just to kind of get past it. What's the quickest way to get past it now? And each type in this group, I think does this for different reasons. You know, I think ones, you know, being in that gut center, they just really know, (laughs) you know, they have this way of knowing before they know. And so when in conflict, they can often appeal to that gut level sense of knowing of what is maybe right and wrong and feel very firm in that position, right? Those of us that are threes, I think we often appeal to rational competency more because uh, it's more of a a people pleasing and we want to maintain the image that we've crafted in, you know, our various settings and not have that uh, kind of facade taken away. And so rational competency is one way for us to maintain, you know, this kind of 
calm, collected, cool presence with others. Mm. And fives, I think, um, from fives that I've talked to about this, you know, they seem to say it helps the distance that being rationally competent can create helps them not have to get too close to the emotion of the situation and still appeal to the comfort of their own knowledge in how to work through things. Mm. But, you know, what I've learned is the result of over using, you know, this style is that we often choose efficiency over empathy Mm. and that we have, we have to really work not to just, um, plow our way through with facts (laughs) and, and, (laughs) and instead learn to be more empathetic to those that we're in conflict with, which is not easy for ones, threes and fives. Mm. Yeah. What do you guys think? From a relational standpoint, you do need to engage the emotions, the emotional side of things. And like you said, Drew, you know, sort of the, the pendulum swing for, for this approach is um, moving more into to the analytical mind yeah. um, and negating feelings, which is, which, yeah, people can feel sort of left out like you, you didn't think about me actually in, in how you, you, you uh, moved forward in this. Like what about the fact that I still had some, something, something here to include maybe even. Yeah, I just think the emotional, the, the, uh, yeah. the relationship side of things here. Yeah. Is, a big, is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've learned the hard way that the simple statement, you know, we don't have to be emotional about this is, is a really hurtful statement, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <Ooh>. um, <laughs> it's really arrogant. Right. And, and mm. it, it deeply wounds those who are bringing real and authentic emotion to a conflict. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I even recognize, I recognize some of this tendency in myself, uh, leaning more towards the five oftentimes. And, um, it is, it is often, it is really useful, especially when my, when my conditioned heart is going crazy, I can, I can step away into this sort of field and, and see, all right, what is, what is, what is my head saying about yeah. this? What do I know to be true? And then, and comparing and contrasting in order to find maybe a middle ground that's, it's probably a lot more true to move out of that conditioned space and, and, and find some objectivity in order to be able to move forward to, valid, to validate my emotions and what I'm feeling without allowing them to control my reactivity. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and finally, <clears throat> um, I find myself along with twos and sevens in uh, what's called the positive outlook group. And so it, it really sounds... As fun as it is. Uh, <laughs> Sunshine and rainbows, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, you know, each one of these, it just when um, we're in conflict, which, which, uh, which is, is narrowing our vision and uh, fear is coming up and sort of clouding our ability to see and perceive things correctly, um, it can feel like the other person or the other person's uh, approach to conflict is, is triggering us. Yeah. And especially for the positive outlook group, I think other people can sort of experience us as uh, reconciling things way too early. Like you're not, mm. you don't have any capacity to listen to <laughs> the fact that we're moving into something difficult. So that so what this usually looks like is is this reframing disappointment. There's a lot of positivity here, and they've got to we've got to keep up this positivity. But that means that there's a there's a there tends to be a struggle with with hanging out and and 
negativity. And so we kind of see that, you know, the world with a, with a glass half full, like maybe there is, is an issue, but it's going to be fine. Why are you worrying? We're going to figure yeah. this out. Y'all, it's great. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Like, like uh, what Creek said with the emotional realness types um, who make mountains out of molehills, we tend to make molehills out of mountains, right? <laughs> right. Tend to kind of yeah. the other way around. But yeah. we're, we're also, I think, um, morale builders, uh, if you will, like we kind of do keep the group up. Maybe it seems like what you said, true uh, butterflies and rainbows, but but it at least kind of keeps the morale up, which I think is a beneficial thing. But yeah. the the more heightened st- we, we we get in stress, and the, you know, more we're moving into conflict that we have to like start looking at this. The more we, it just feels like we have to avoid the problem, you know. So we we yeah. really minimize it, and I just think that's really disheartening to other people, and it's and it's threatening to people. But it's also like you don't really appreciate what especially mm-hmm. i think for the emotional realness types it, this feels like too much this feels like this is overwhelming and so we really want we want uh other people to feel good and we want we want to feel good you know yeah so it just it, it just means kind of reframing things and, and not being able to hang out with negativity this can kind of look like for two specifically this mentality of you have a problem and so i'm here to help you I don't. I don't have the problem. You know, you do. Yeah. Uh, sevens more so. Like there is maybe a problem here, but I'm. I'm fine. Uh, and then for the nines, it's the maybe the saddest one. Like what problem? I don't. I don't think there is any problem. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I in my relationship with these types, the the over whenever there is conflict, there just seems to be this this uh, overwhelming message of like i just want this to be okay can this can this just can this just be okay mm-hmm. like can we can we not do this uh can we just like pretend it didn't happen and just can we just be okay again and it's it's like yeah we can be after we work through these emotions <laughs> <laughs> after sure. we actually acknowledge the thing that happened and, and that existed yeah. yeah yeah i think um I've seen a handful of different people that I've sat down with for typing interviews or whatever, coaching or whatever, who have scored these three numbers all up top. Uh, mm. If they t- have taken a test or or have like confused themselves for being one of these numbers, and it's because again, conflict is very difficult for people to engage in. But all three of these types are all about avoidance. They're all all three of them are avoidance types, but avoiding something specific, negativity yeah. primarily. But you know, everybody, each one of these approaches are avoiding something. But right. specifically, we are avoiding the the two sevens and nines are avoiding what's the opposite of positivity? You know, negativity. Sure. Mm. And I think that speaks to what's true of all of these conflict styles is that they're a blessing and a curse, just like just about everything with the Enneagram. You know, we, mm. uh, they're the gifts that we bring to the world, but they're also the things that kind of hold us back. And I think positive outlook types when, when unhealthy, they just want to smooth o- over problems, which mm-hmm. isn't great, but when healthy, they do bring a, you know, a much needed levity and perspective that this, you know, we're going to get through this, you know, and I think the same is true of my group, the competency group, you know, we have the ability to solve problems and to solve conflict. Um, you know, we get into trouble when we try to do that too quickly and just think we have the answer. We do have kind of a methodical way to kind of work through it when healthy. And then, you know, the, the emotional realness types, um, Creek, you and you and your friends, you te- you tend to surface problems that need to be addressed. You know, you tend yeah. to 
um, bring the emotion that's needed in order to address something that probably others have been avoiding, which Mm -hmm. is a, which is a gift, which is something that we need, you know, it gets into trouble when, as you said, you know, when, when it does kind of become overreacting or you are expecting too much out of the other party in the conflict, you know, to mirror you and and those sorts of things. And so each of these types have these, um, you know, these gifts that they bring, but also these um, kind of default settings that do hinder us in conflict. Right, right. Yeah. And I think you can actually even, when you just look at how the, what numbers are in each one of these titles or these approaches, it's it's pretty simple to see as well how they're just sort of, if I'm getting too close to, to that, uh, that, man, that, that primary emotion that I'm not a fan of, I'm going to use this approach. Like yeah. I specifically look at the twos, sadness. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to get too close to that. I cannot have a sad image, you know, to other people. I, and sevens, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not, I don't want to look at fear. I, I can't be somebody that looks afraid and nines anger. So each one of these are, are just spins on getting too close to that, right. that primary emotion. And you can see how we tend to continue to fall into these conflict traps. So if I'm mm-hmm. bringing rational competency to a conflict that I have with you Creek and you're bringing emotional realness, you know, we're not speaking the same language often. Right. Yeah. And in fact, we're pissing each other off because yeah. <laughs> <Right? laughs> you won't <clears throat> listen to my rationality and I'm not, uh, you know, and I don't honor your emotion by bringing mm-hmm. it to the table. And, mm-hmm. and so this is where, if this is your first time hearing this as a listener about these conflict styles, um, I've heard teachers say that when this occurs, that there is actually uh, a way forward by appealing to the third or missing style. So if Creek and I are in conflict and I'm bringing competency and Creek is bringing realness, what if we both appealed to positive outlook? Maybe that could help us right. kind of be freed from kind of being so fixed in our styles that we may yeah. be able to carve a way forward. But what if all three of us are in conflict? <laughs> We're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, I, yeah, the Fathoms podcast is done. I, <laughs> no, I mean, I think it is in all of this, right? I mean, you look at you look at social media and our current uh, climate, social climate, political climate, all the climates. Um, it really is as much as there is some baggage around this word for some people honor honoring the perspective and the needs of the other and the reactivity is coming from a place of like abram was saying that that too closeness to the thing that i don't want to experience yeah and to to yeah honor the competency and the rationality honor the emotions and the intensity and and honor the the ability and the the desire for things to be okay and for things to be right and 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 see that they're just trying they're trying to work out their own thing they're trying to get to the bottom of it in their own way and that's that's them doing the best that they know how to do right and yeah they you may be missing each other but that's okay yeah as long as you continue to honor and to explore and and try out try out the different groupings in a way that maybe you'll you'll break through and you'll find the common ground that you need to in order to move forward yeah. Right. Yeah. I think one thing that Drew said too, letting things stay as they are and getting caught in our regular sort of conflict um, management system, or or we can use these to actually come together instead of get too far down the road and, and be so 
entranced once again and and how we're normally trying to combat somebody with our defensiveness but i so i just think it's our our my personal responsibility yeah. to come into conflict knowing huh i i know that i have a, a, a intense positivity towards engaging this or not engaging this right. so i'm going to do something different because i think that's it's 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 loving myself and it's also obviously loving other people and it's honoring where they're coming from like you just said Greek. Yeah, yeah. This also begs the question which I'm sure we'll get if we don't talk about it. So what if you're in conflict with someone who has the same conflict style? And this is where I'd say welcome to my marriage because my yeah. wife is a 1 <laughs> and I'm a 3. And uh, so when when we're bringing the same style but we're still in conflict then we have two other styles to sort of appeal to. And what we've learned is that we often get into trouble because we often then appeal to a different secondary style. Mm, <laughs> so Interesting, yeah. Uh, if she were to say, uh, appeal to emotional realness as a secondary style, and I would appeal to say positive outlook, we're still missing each other, right? And so there needs to be a lot of you know conversation and just acknowledgement and honesty about, hey, we're in conflict. We need to work through this. How are we going to do that? <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. and it takes it takes a lot of work, as does any conflict, right? It takes a lot of work to truly uh, work through the conflict and not just avoid it. Totally. Yeah. And I, I actually, I would tend to think there's maybe one that might even be more secondary um, as well, yeah. depending on our type. I think so. Yeah, because I would say I probably lean more towards the um, rational competency perspective before the emotional realness, you know, getting too intense with my emotions. I think there is a secondary, I don't even know if I've ever seen this anywhere, but I do think there's a secondary um, approach, conflict approach that we're, that probably makes more sense or is easier for us. Um, and so if, if that's true, I wonder then if it's, if it requires a lot of, um, you know, awareness when you're, especially with your, your significant yeah. other or whatever, but to, to see who's, uh, the most defensive right now. So I'm going to go to the one that they maybe uh, can't get to as easily as I can right now. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to move towards them. One that is uh, less in reaction. I do think it's p- potentially uh, not your responsibility, but at, at least the one that has more access to to movement and and change and to meeting the other person where they are. Mm-hmm. That what's that the Hudson's uh, Hudson's theorem? Or, or do you remember that? You guys remember that? Hey y'all, Creek here. Just a quick uh, post-recording insert. Hudson's theorem, it says levels count, as in health levels for each number. In any emotionally charged situation, it is up to the person who is more present to drop their defenses and agendas, make themselves more vulnerable, seek another way to reconnect, reestablish communication. The tricky part is you have to assume that you're the one. And that is so difficult, obviously. Um, But yeah, in every conflict, you have to assume that you're the one that has the ability to shift and change and and to, to seek a higher level of communication and a deeper level of understanding with yourself, respecting yourself and respecting the individual in front of you. And I think that does raise another important point that we keep reinforcing on this podcast, which is uh, the Enneagram, when we do the work that the Enneagram helps us at least see or the path that it helps us see, uh, then we become less reactive and more Mm. responsive, right? Right. And so this is especially true in conflict. We can be uh, reactive in our 
default settings. You know, when conflict arises, we can react positively, we can react rationally, we can react emotionally. Or, you know, with some awareness and and some inner work, uh, you know, and some empathy towards others, we can be more responsive in healthy and helpful ways when we're in conflict. I think one more resource that we can point people to is nonviolent communication. Yeah. Um, that's that has a lot of really we we won't go into it now, but it is there's a lot of really great stuff in there um, to know how to stay present and to to observe the other person's feelings and emotions and and what they need and what they want and and not um, perpetuating a a conflict that doesn't need to be perpetuated. So, drawing then uh, lastly from. Deborah Uten's Conscious Dynamics Process for Conflict Resolution, uh, she has a practice for each type. So this is sort of a conscious conflict resolution practice. Uh, and I'll, I'll read them in, in the order that we did the grouping. So starting with the emotional realness or the reactivity group, um, fours, the practice is staying present in the conversation without taking things personally or abandoning the discussion. Hmm. Sixes, is practicing standing in your own authority. It's being careful about being conciliatory uh, just to avoid getting into trouble. And eights, it's practicing listening, allowing, and not controlling, leaving the big guns at home. (laughs) (laughs) So moving to the rational competency grouping, the ones can practice allowing others to come forward, suspending desires to put forth what is right. Threes can practice listening and allowing others to be successful contributors to the outcome of the goals. And finally, fives can practice contributing hidden feelings, thoughts, and information. And finishing up with the positive outlook group, the twos can practice hearing others' goals, contributions, and needs. The sevens can practice recognizing realistic limitations and honestly communicating rather than positively reframing in order to avoid conflict. And finally, nines can practice prioritizing what is truly important. Those are good. Thanks, Deborah Uten. One more resource you may want to check out is the app, Know Your Type. There is a section in there. um, The app is created by Ginger Lapid Bogda, who I think we're all a fan of. And uh, yeah, she has a section in there on how to prevent conflict and how to work within your type and work with a type um, through conflict. So definitely check that out. Any final thoughts, gents? A general encouragement. uh, As you encounter situations which have conflict or as you encounter conflict with others, pay attention to how you want to engage or avoid that conflict. See if it lines up with what we've talked about here today and consider uh, some of these practices that we've uh, introduced and talked about as ways to maybe uh, work through it in in a healthier way. So there you have it. There are the harmonic groupings, conflict styles. Uh, hope you learned something today. Um, I know I did. And keep in mind that we are doing a Q&A episode in uh, next week. So if you'd like to submit a question, uh, just go to our Instagram account and follow the link in our bio. Um, you can send a question there or to any of our personal accounts. And we are really looking forward to engaging those and answering those for you. So hope you all have a great week and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast. If you found this episode helpful in any way, consider sharing it with a friend or family member. We are so honored to be on this journey with you. 
discovering our inner depths, one fathom at a time. Truthwork Media Studios.